0: Hi beautiful, this is Amy, and I want to take just a brief moment to share with you an awesome upcoming opportunity. I'm joining 20 other international top experts, visionaries, authors, coaches, and healers to bring to you a seven-day virtual summit. It's free, it's amazing, it's full of information, inspiration, support, and gifts and I'm excited to share with you my chakra class. So this will be two-month access to my online chakra course where we talk about all the ins and outs of the chakra system and how it can support you. This is free, and the week will begin on August 17th, running through August 23rd. So you can visit amysikarski.com or spiritschoolonline.com and register so that you don't miss out on any of the gifts and opportunities. I look forward to sharing it with you and hope you enjoy this next episode of the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. Welcome to the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast, where we speak about all things related to spirituality, soul level healing, intuitive guidance, frequencies, and much more. I'm Amy Sekarski, licensed vocational nurse, past life hypnotherapist, master intuitive energy healer, and a clairvoyant physical channel. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Spirit School Online, where we offer courses in energy therapy, free guided meditations, courses and information around learning to connect in with your spirit guides, and much more. You can find me at amyslikarski.com and offerings at spiritschoolonline.com. Hi, I'm Amy Slikarski, and welcome to the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have a special guest, one of my favorite friends, Elijah Garcia. Elijah is an intuitive, Jungian life coach. He's passionate about enriching our human experience through the utilization of a unique Jungian coaching methodology that integrates divination as a method for personal transformation and reclaiming depth and meaning in our lives. His own personal journey involves diving into the depths of his own shadow, encountering numerous mental health challenges, and eventually choosing to face them head-on with a newfound sense of radical acceptance, resilience, and gratitude. He believes wholeheartedly that no experience on our journey is ever wasted, and with every challenge, obstacle, and difficulty, we are provided with the opportunity to derive a deeper sense of meaning. (laughs) Ah, I love that so much every experience is meaningful and enriching yeah and so i'd love for you to share with us just a little bit about yourself beyond your bio who's elijah what have you been up to friend and what are some of your favorite things of late
1: yeah oh my gosh so so many things have been happening and it's been like we were just talking about probably the most transformative year that I've ever personally experienced, you know? So um, I've just completed my training as a Jungian life coach. So that is that is primarily kind of where my focus is, but I'm also a mentor in Colette Baron reeds Virtual School of Personal Development, Oracle School. And that has been also so life-changing and I, I can go deeper into how all that came about, Should we talk about how I got here?
0: Let's do, I have so many questions already, but let's start at the beginning. How did you get here? You fell from the stars. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, I think. If we want to start at the beginning, I have to go a little bit back because. um, It's important to understand, I think, kind of how I got here, that it wasn't just from me, maybe you know, wanting to, it wasn't from anything of desire, let's just say that, <laughs> you know, I, so I'll take it back to my high school years, and probably my junior year of high school, actually, and, you know, I had always kind of struggled with mental health in terms of social anxiety, and, and you know, things like that, but it wasn't until that year specifically that it became very detrimental, mm-hmm. and I actually began having, you know, panic attacks, and, anxiety attacks, I couldn't be in class, Like I would ditch, hide in the bathroom, the security would be looking for me all over school. (laughs) It it wasn't the best experience, but bottom line is is that I had to actually drop out of high school, and I continued my education online. Um, And following that was just, I, I consider my journey kind of like what's been called that initiation by fire, you know, or that descent into the underworld where we go through that, were initiated into the darkness, right? And um, it was following those, following those months when I dropped out of high school, I ended up becoming very isolated and that led to also a very deep depression. So it was kind of, it wasn't the best um, <laughs> results because, you know, as you can imagine, like dealing with social anxiety, I was like, oh, coming, I mean, dropping out of school, that's going to be my saving grace. You know, I'll just like be in my, be in my house and it'll get better and things like that, but it actually got worse and it led to depression. Um, The isolation was very deep and one thing led to another. And I think I kind of hit my rock bottom following that, which was when I decided that I didn't want to be here anymore. You know, and that was kind of like the moment where even though I didn't want to be here anymore, there was also a part of me that was like, wow, I I really need to do something, Mm -hmm. you know, like there was still a part of me that was holding on and. I actually remember doing my first meditation (laughs) following that probably on I think I looked it up on YouTube or something and um, I was actually just reflecting on this experience recently it's just really nice to kind of see how the how these little events led to one thing after another you know but i just remember being in that meditation space listening to this music and crying and like having an absolute um, release and it was one of my first encounters of being within this um spiritual space that allowed for for me to tap into something that was beyond my personal sense of self that was probably my first real account of that you know what i you know what mm-hmm. i mean and um and then i got into angel cards and part of that was actually because I was following you I was following Doreen Virtue who was a big name at that time she had all of these angel cards and you know she was really big so I had gotten some of her angel decks and they became a way for me to again tune into something greater than myself to kind of bring in a hope that kind of felt depleted from my life, you know? Like I didn't really have any sense of meaning. Life felt completely meaningless. Like that's just the absolute truth at that point in time. And so doing these angel cards, it was like, oh, wow. You know, like this is actually, this is really beautiful. And I I would feel this energy around me and it felt like loving, it felt peaceful. It felt so inviting. And it felt like I was at home when I would use these and um i just kept going deeper and deeper you know then my mentor who's now my mentor colette baron Reed, she came along and i remember first going on her website and this was just because i was googling things you know how it goes All we're right. we're very curious and <laughs> google is the number one source <laughs> to say, satiate that curiosity and I ended up on her website and she had like these free oracle cards that uh, you could choose on there. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, you know? And I remember picking one. And, and this is hilarious now looking back at it. But I was like, ew, like, what is this, like what is this card meaning? You know? And it's just because they're too they're different. I mean, every oracle deck is different, right?
0: Right.
1: And at that time, I was just so used to the angelic messages that I had pulled a card that totally called me out on my shit oh.
0: and it
1: was like what is this <laughs> I was so thrown off and I was like I don't like this and I went off the website but I kept coming back and I kept coming back something kept pulling me back and now I know obviously it's because Colette's specific use of or the way she um makes her divination tools it utilizes a very psycho spiritual approach you know so there's a lot of Jungian psychology intertwined into it and it's it's still very loving but it'll also like smack you over the (laughs) head right when it needs to yeah and so I ended up taking her courses you know she has lots of free stuff so I was heavily involved in her her programs and the stuff that she was putting out and i just became very invested in divination and oracular tools of communication and this became a way for me to focus my energy and to also bring my awareness back to the 24 hours that were in front of me because again when you're when you're struggling with mental health you were lost in a sea of very horrid (laughs) thoughts and and emotions and you know you're just swamped Mm -hmm. by all these different potentials not the best and so whenever i would sit down and i would pull a card it would bring my mind back to what mattered and what was actually true for me so it became a way for me to ground into the 24-hour containers that were were offered each day and that became my passion because i mean it, it really saved my life like i don't know where i would be if i hadn't Found all these beautiful mentors like yourself and um also a spiritual practice that that kept me grounded right right and so we can we can forward let's forward time to well let's forward time to right now so (laughs) that yeah so that was what led me on my path of spirituality and this heavy interest in divination and oracle tools but in the past year I actually took colette's personal program of that's um, called oracle school okay. and somehow i got noticed i still don't know how i guess i just tend to talk a lot <laughs> if you haven't noticed <laughs> and um long story short she was like hey do you want it Well, she actually first invited me to be a part of her inspirational panelist on her one of her live events called Oracle Palooza. And in that same, because she pulled it. <laughs> OK, so a little quick side story is that um, we have a headmistress. Her name is Anna Sather. She is beautiful, incredible, and she is Colette's right hand in the school. So she emailed me one day and she was like hey you're being summoned to the office and you know we would like to meet with you and i was like oh fuck, what did i do like am i getting kicked out am i like, did i do something that i talk too much oh and um we ended up meeting on on one day and she was like colette was there too and i was like oh my god what the fuck i didn't really expect her you know to be there right and um they were like hey do you want to be a part of this inspiration panelist and for the event and then she was like also do you want a job as a mentor for you know oracle school and I was like yes <laughs> you know like yes obviously. And yes <laughs> and um I probably played it off a little bit more cool I'd like to think anyway but no it was so that was how I also got to be a part of that experience and it was really special to me because oracle school is probably the most transformative experience i had ever been in because of the container Mm -hmm. and the work that colette had us do you know it was like a real safe space for me to just be myself and to do the work the really deep heavy work but in a way that was compassionate that was you know inviting and welcoming and that didn't feel so heavy Mm -hmm. And um, that really led me to then an interest in Jungian because Colette has a background in Jungian work and, you know, she talks about it a lot. I was trained in one of her processes called the Envision Process that integrates some Jungian psychology in it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to see if this isn't some kind of like coaching model out there, you know, because Mm -hmm. I mean. You could become a Jungian analyst, but that, that takes quite a long time, and <laughs> like years. And I was like, oh, you know, I kind of want to do it right now. And um, besides, I'm not sure I want to work within the therapeutic model, you know? And so I found something that was more in alignment with me, got my Jungian coaching certification, completed that training, and here I am.
0: Wow. So where to start? I have so many questions. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me, with us, with all of us here. I could feel it so much in my heart, you know, when you were talking about your experience as a teenager and um, everything that got you on your path. And I just kind of was reflecting about my path, also my junior year, throughout my senior year, and similar, I I just, I mean, things were a little different. It wasn't anxiety, but it was an overwhelm. Of life events and um, so I graduated early just I had to get out of there you know like you're like okay I can't do this (laughs) the school system isn't working for me so um, but that's also when I found I would say the start to a new awareness and a deepening to Mm -hmm. spirit and self um, through having very intense challenging moments you know like struggling sure. like okay i feel my energy drops so low i'm just trying to swim <laughs> i'm just trying to survive here mm-hmm. um so that was just fairly interesting to me to hear that because i didn't know that part of your story and so now to hear how far you've come is just incredible and i'm so happy for you i love that you have found a p- approach or Courses, you know, um, training in a way that supports your interests so that you can help others feeling fully authentic and feeling yourself. And so now you found a way that you can assist others in an authentic, heartfelt space. And how perfect is it? that you found Colette, you found her school. She called you out. She's like, hey, are you hiding up there? Cause the world needs to see your light. Like, you know, she she noticed you and, and spirit works in the most amazing ways. And I remember when you went on that panel, how excited I was for you. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. You could just like feel that that was a very important moment in life. That was an opportunity moment. That was one of those, mm like ride or die <laughs> moments huge, like huge. You, you take this and you run with it or if you turn it down you know your life could go a completely different way
1: yeah
0: and i yeah and i felt it and i know you felt it i mean it was your life but i felt it as a friend i was like oh i'm so excited for him and that was just amazing so let's fast forward a little bit probably i think i had a reading with you shortly after that experience I might have oh, been right yeah. before it was around that time and it was, again, like perfect, just what I needed. And one thing that I really appreciate about Oracle cards is that they can tell a story and they'll let you know what's up. You know, like they really do. There's not a lot of sugar coating, depending on the deck you get. But even at that, it's a very grounded way for you to connect in with spirit, your guides and angels, um, whomever you're working with as you're using the cards. Um, but sometimes those messages just kind of like, whoa, wake us up. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I really wasn't thinking of it in that perspective or looking at it in this way. And they can help us go within into a deeper part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like, I'm super fascinated by, it. I have trained. I, I trained with Doreen back, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And I've trained with a few, uh, like probably four, I took four different angel card classes from four mm-hmm. different instructors. So I have extensive training in it, but then my path led me to work with my clear gift of clear vision and clear audience. Yeah. So I kind of don't use the cards as much. And now I'm actually finding a newfound interest in them again, mm-hmm. and all the new decks that are out there. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, I'm going to age myself here. But <laughs> 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 when I first started, there weren't that many authors and decks out there. And now right. it's fascinating, it's incredible. And it's just so exciting to say, like, wow, there's actually a need. Because people are interested in opening up to this approach of connecting in, and I feel, a really safe and loving way exactly. with messages from spirit.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, I just, I'd like to touch on that briefly because um, it's so true. I think, especially with Oracle cards and since they're not a fixed system like let's say the tarot Mm -hmm. we can have a variety of them right and each one is channeled in a unique way through the lens of the author who created them and so it's beautiful just to see the like like you were saying the variety that's out there now and it's what i love about them is that they're a real tangible reflection of divine guidance, right? Because the thing is, is not everyone trusts themselves when they're doing this work. So they might not trust the things that they're feeling, they're intuiting with their clair gifts, but when they use the card, it's, you can't really deny those things, you know? Especially <laughs> right. when you get the same card over and over. And it's also, it helps because it can even be reflecting a message maybe you got, right? And then you start to build your intuition even more and more using them so yeah i think it's incredible for our modern times where um we're kind of finding that bridge right now to to access that that collective consciousness whether you want to call it spirit god goddess is um, something i use personally Mm -hmm. or anything like that right so it's just yeah it's beautiful
0: it is so beautiful it really is beautiful and I loved how you were just bringing up the point that they're channeled, and the different sets and decks have their own essence, you know, their own vibration. Even if it is the yeah. same author, each deck it has a life to it. You know, you can feel yes. that flowing through. Yes. So when you're when you're drawn to a deck, when you're attracted to a deck, there's a reason. There's a message in that deck for you. Um, have you ever done this? Because I have, and so I want to hear if you have about your experience have you ever done a reading using multiple cards like multiple decks oh yeah yeah yeah
1: I actually have a um it depends on what the reading is about if it's something that is more maybe I feel needs more perspectives and I'll actually include like a council you know Mm. a council of decks and we'll kind of be able I love what I love about it is that you can see different vantage points and it's like looking at different facets of a diamond, right? You're getting yeah. all these different perspectives and about a specific subject matter. So it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That is a beautiful way to describe it. Absolutely. And it, and it brought up a thought to me, if, um, a question, if you could share with our listeners, what are some of the main themes or topics, like some of the same questions when you have others come to you for a mm. reading or you're tuning in for yourself, what, what kind of readings or questions do you find are really supported by the cards?
1: Oh, oh, that's a great, great question. So definitely, well, I'll say the number one, or let's say the top two subjects that people come to readings for, career, relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Relationships is probably number one, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and the cards are really great at supporting those themes. So I would say the cards um, speak to career, purpose, you know, or life purpose, um, relationships, and I'm I don't really do health. You know, I don't feel it. I guess it just depends. I know there's like health decks out there, mm-hmm. but in the decks that I use, they don't really approach that subject matter. But there is a way that I kind of um, go around it, let's say, like, well, we can see, well, what's the story here or, um, you know, what's maybe happening on a deeper psychological level that is maybe perpetuating this disharmony in the body or something like that, you know.
0: right? right. So
1: there are definitely ways to go about any subject matter, I think they, they can approach anything, but those are probably the top um ones that I do consistently, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I would just encourage all of our all of our listeners that if they're interested at all, you know, pick up a deck and just have oh, fun. Gosh. Play with yeah. it. See how it goes. Because I remember you were saying that the safe container and the space that you can click into, it's the way I feel? Yeah. It's like boom, the energy just comes around and my aura feels so strong it's kind of like it just clicks where if i have part of my thoughts on one side of my body and an emotion on the other in my aura you know i feel like when you become present in any moment or experience where you're tuning in you find this soundness within you and just holding the cards and the deck tells spirit and it's talking to yourself saying okay we're ready so you're training you know your physical body yeah. your energy body your guides are like oh they're serious here we go we're going to do a reading and you can feel the energy shift within yourself and then as you're connecting with the cards you feel the energy of the cards begin to speak to you so oh, yes
1: i love that you said that because it's so it's so true it's when you have a deck and you are intending to consult an oracle, you enter into what has, what has been called oracular space, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're in this different frequency in this different mode of being. And actually Jungians have a term, um, something that happens is called ego relativization. And all that means is that you're basically saying I don't have all the answers mm. and the ego's dominance or the ego's hold on you back at, like it loosens up. Right. And so then just from that alone, you can access a deeper, um, a deeper knowing within you, right? Because we're always in that egoic sense of self and thinking we know it all, blah, blah, blah. And this <laughs> and that. But the minute we consult an oracle, we're actually take, allowing ourselves to take a step back and tune into something greater right so yeah
0: oh my gosh absolutely i'm seeing this whole vision of how it can really play out because then when you work with the cards and you separate yourself from that tension and that you know that fear that ego control and you just let yourself relax what happens is that it begins to influence your life the day after yeah. day, week after week. And it yes. helps you as you're shifting your awareness and your consciousness, your energy is also shifting and your ego is softening so that then you can see and hear messages throughout the day in a more receptive way outside of Mm. going to your cards, but then it's like, oh, I feel a shift. Okay, I recognize this vibration and it typically comes in when I sit with the cards, but here I am, you know, like in my yard and I feel it, or I'm doing laundry and I feel that shift come in. So you can recognize, oh, you know, maybe there's a message from spirit coming through that, you know, that wants to come through, or maybe it's just that vibration of support and peace and love, but also it flows into, when you're out and about and you're at the store and you're driving and you can see signs and you're more receptive to recognizing or opening to the possibility that maybe that's a sign for me. So, yeah. I
1: love that you said that because it was, I I was going to say as well, like when you enter that oracular space and you begin to use these tools, and like you said, the softening of the ego begins to happen, right? And, but then you also, you start opening to the possibility of something greater than yourself. And again, that could be seen as a multitude of things. I, I say goddess, I say spirit, all these different things. Yeah. But the point is you start entering a new space of awareness, like, oh, I'm not doing this alone. Maybe What if I'm in a co-creative partnership with something that is greater than my personal self. And then you start opening to see signs and you know see things um, in nature, whatever it may be, because those are also oracles,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, that's so beautiful. I love how you're pulling in the Jungian information. Oh, yeah. Got it's, it. it's so intriguing, I haven't studied, you know.
1: You know, I, I love Jung's work because he was one of the first I feel psychologists who really wasn't afraid to go there, you know, into the realms, he kind of bridged the gap that was missing between psychology and spirituality, whereas others maybe like Freud, he's a great guy, nothing against him. But um, (laughs) he, he, you know, was like, he was an atheist, he wanted the psyche to be seen in a certain way. He wanted all these more rigid approaches, whereas Jung was he was more open to just curiosity. He, he really embraced curiosity and he left a very incredible legacy for us to kind of um, look at. <laughs> so,
0: right, yeah. yeah, and now I'm fascinated. I'm feeling like, okay, Amy, when when you get some free time, or maybe I need to make that free time to start <laughs> studying a little bit and learning more about his work.
1: Oh, I got loads of books for you or anything. So just, just tell me when. <laughs>
0: so this is what i wanted to share and then i'd love to hear your insights on it with your experiences but you know when we um we can receive messages and support and science the oracles can really support individuals and also in group settings and so when you're coming in for a reading that's like maybe a gallery reading or an online instagram live or here on a podcast um the messages that come through will be really supportive and you might find that the whole message really is resonating for you or you Mm -hmm. might find that there's one two or three aspects of it that really are for you so you take what resonates with you obviously and just kind of leave the rest but i would say be open to the interesting aspect of you just might find that this message has found you at the right time and space and it's meant for you
1: and you know, one thing that I am always talking about is, you know, our own inner oracle and our own oracular consciousness, because we can see signs everywhere. You know, I mean, it, but it's really our own inner oracle that tunes into something that is meant for us, right? That the our relationship with oracles is as dependent on us as we are mm-hmm. with them. If that makes sense. So it's it's taking what resonates and leave the rest. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I had a little message come through yesterday and it kind of reminds me of it now. One way that I'm seeing this is that when you resonate with a particular card, it's really just enhancing that frequency that's already in you. It's just like letting you, you know, it's just like bringing it through to your conscious Mm -hmm. awareness that human conscious awareness Mm -hmm. um so that is something else to think about you when you really find like oh that is speaking directly to me because it's actually showing me something that i already was experiencing i just like it just clicks you know it just puts it together brings it to the forefront
1: right so we could ask um I was actually, I had my deck right here because I was hoping you would ask me, but I didn't think you would. But we could ask even a question that is like, how can we be more receptive to receive oracles in our day-to-day life?
0: Oh, I love that.
1: What do you think? Yes. Yes? Okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How can we be more receptive? And for the sake of time, I'll just pull the card because usually I take a damn long time. what can we do to questions be... interesting okay hmm. Okay, so I pulled. The first card is the serpent.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay.
1: And it is the like terms on the card are knowledge and healing, but I also pulled the cat. Wow! It's <laughs> so cute. I don't think you can see it, but and that's independence and healthy boundaries. So. You know, what's really interesting about the serpent is what, well, for me personally, the serpent has always been, uh, well, we actually know this historically, that the serpent has been a representation of the goddess and the ancient tools that we use to communicate with her, right? Oracular communication, all of that stuff. So in order to be more receptive to the signs around us, we also have to be open to our own healing as well and and into doing the work because um and i'm actually oh this is going to be a deep topic but stamp cards right they always bring up the deep stuff so (laughs) yeah so i'm just i'm really allowing the message to flow through and it's about when because if you remember what i was saying earlier is that we can see signs everywhere, if we, if we want to, like, I, you've probably experienced the people who maybe, um, (laughs) want to see only what they want to see and don't necessarily allow the truth to actually come through because they're so, Mm because the truth is, is we can influence what we see in the outer world in terms of signs and moments and things like that, right? Yes. So in order to be more receptive on the best level that is in alignment with your highest good, we have to be open to them not always being um, what we want to hear. Mm-hmm.
0: And <laughs> does that make sense? Yes.
1: I, I want to hear what you were going to say, though.
0: Oh, Because my gosh. I
1: know when you saw the serpent, it...
0: I don't know if it's going to derail. You. I mean, I have a whole story. So... Okay,
1: okay, let's go with stories. Go, okay.
0: I just about like, my heart stopped because. I had a dream last night Mm -hmm. and I remember, I actually woke up before my alarm. I couldn't go back and it's so fresh. Like it was just hasn't faded, you know? And I was out in a yard. It wasn't even my yard. There was grass and there were serpents. There were at least two, maybe three. I don't recall ever having a dream of snakes. Like, you know, I just, I'm like, this is so interesting. And then my cat was in the dream no (laughs) yes that's why i was like what a serpent and a cat are you kidding this is like whoa you know i must have been tuning into something here and 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 i just remember so this is going to be interesting you know how you can analyze dreams but i remember feeling like is my cat going to be safe like is she okay Mm. does she know how to play with the serpent does she know to recognize Mm. like they like is this a new encounter but yeah, when you pulled those two cards, I was like, oh, that I hmm, I'm thinking that was more than just like a dream, you know, I, and and as you were pulling the cards, if anybody is watching on YouTube, the video, I could feel the energy shift around me. I just had to close my eyes and be so present with it. And then I heard in my mind um, soften you know, as a as a message, like how can we be more receptive, soften. Mm-hmm. And as I relaxed just a little bit more, I kind of felt some energy released from the back of my heart. And um, then like within moments, you pulled those cards. And so I'm thinking, wow, there's something deep to this. <laughs> yeah. And everything you're saying is just like layering on it where I'm, I'm, it's probably going to take me a little bit of time to integrate and really yeah. fill into this message. But I mean, what is your take on that? Have having I had this dream early morning? Well, sure.
1: that's 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 beautiful, you know. in um, and the Jungian coaching model and in Jungian work in general, we actually utilize dream interpretation because it's such a dream. Dreams can be oracles. Dreams mm-hmm. are oracles, mm-hmm. in my my opinion, and. They become a way for us to kind of access the unconscious and what is going on beneath the surface that we aren't always open to, um, in our you know day-to-day waking life.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the serpent is a really powerful kind of um, symbol that often shows up in dreams during periods of well. Again, it, it depends on each person because within the Jungian model, we Um, we acknowledge that although symbols and animal totems and things like that can kind of have a universal and archetypal meaning, we also stress the importance of the individual's own relationship to that symbol and where they currently are in their life, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Right. So within Jungian dream work, we also see them as aspects of our own unconscious and what's going on with us as reflections of our own self and with the snake it's been known as the um it's a source of knowledge it's but it's higher wisdom yeah. right it's like the spiritual knowledge that in in the myth of adam and eve for example we were forbidden to to access right uh, it became demonized and things like that but it's ultimately it's saying that you are at a point in your journey where this is going to become more available to you mm-hmm. and it's also a sign of healing too mm-hmm. which is really fascinating because i mean i know we've been we've been talking behind the scenes and we know that there's a lot going on yes. um but that's a very very good symbol in my opinion to receive right. and um the cat, and and i'm just going off you know kind of archetypal symbolism Mm -hmm. of course so this is just general but with a cat it often represents um i believe like let's say independence or which is what the card says but it can also represent intuition and if I were to get a cat, again, I would see that as a symbol of the goddess because that's
0: my personal mm-hmm. association,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, we could do a session on this sometime. You gotta <laughs> hit me up. You gotta.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because yes. Because
1: dreamwork work is deep and it's huge. And um, we get access to a whole other world when we, when we allow ourselves to kind of um, see the messages that come through, but I'm actually going to go I'm gonna read these again. So when we're talking about how can we be more receptive to the signs and the omens, this is about connecting to the deepest part of us that is that knows this language, you know, when we talk about um, receiving signs in nature, this is something that has always been a part of human nature. You know, if we go back to ancient beliefs, um, that talk about the anima mundi, for example, or the insold world, where we believe that we are intrinsically connected to everything that is outside of us, right? And it's connected to us internally. And the serpent is about accessing accessing that hidden knowledge and that awareness that can tune into that because it's a part of us. Mm -hmm. It's so natural. And if we look at the, I really like that I pulled this too. I'm going to, this might be a long segue, we'll see. But when we talk about the serpent and how it's always been a symbol of the goddess, I also think about where divination and oracles kind of began, which is, I mean, we don't have an, like a definitive answer of where divination began. Right. Mm-hmm. But we do know that it probably took place in the ancient goddess cultures, within the paleolithic and the neolithic times so this is this is like the paleolithic I think was 30,000 years ago and the neolithic was over 10,000 years ago or something like that so since the beginning of humankind we have always had ways of contacting a higher power and divination or oracles were the way in which we put ourselves in that dialogue, right? We inserted ourselves in that dialogue or initiated it. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the serpent and being more open, I'm also really loving what you said was the the gentleness, right? Allowing ourselves to be gentle and to step into that healing space where we acknowledge that we are in a co-creative partnership with spirit and that we are not the ones doing it right? right because if we if we get into our heads about um oh you know is this real or blah 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 kind of over analyzing things then we'll just block the signs i don't think you have to believe in them to receive them but i think you have to be willing willing to be curious mm-hmm. in order to open up to the, the wisdom of the universe and oracles right? right and what i love about the cat too is the the healthy boundaries part so I think it's also knowing and this is something you taught me Amy because I <laughs> I am very um, I will forget to close up and you know forget to be human for a bit and I think the way we can keep in that in that safe beautiful healing space is if we have those healthy boundaries with ourselves and with spirit right so it's mm-hmm. just kind of maybe you can touch on that a little bit more because I know that's kind of I mean that's something you, you've you always taught me right?
0: Right yeah I think well it can really affect every aspect of our life so when we're working with spirit we want, we want boundaries to say am I available right now to communicate with other non-physical beings you know yeah. like um, am I processing something within myself where I wanna just kinda of like work solely with myself or or um, am I open to, you know, like maybe your grandmother coming in and working with you, these kinds of things. And so that's just when you're hanging out doing your thing and you might feel mm-hmm. a spirit around. So having a boundary is just saying, oh, I'm not available right now or I'm not interested or sure, you know, I am. Right. Um, so when we work with spirit and you're receiving just day-to-day kind of stuff, that's an example when you're opening and you're sitting or you're beginning a reading or a healing session with intention that you know this is what we're doing and then you open your awareness to the spirit realm then you have the boundaries to discern and to state what vibrational frequency do you want to access for information so Who are you working with? Are you working with your higher self and the person you're reading for their higher self solely? You know, higher self to higher self? Or do you invite in an archangel, spirit guides, ascended masters? Or do you notice that their loved ones are showing up? You know, so it's a whole experience of um, being able to understand energies and letting through the messages from a source that you feel comfortable with. And so that's a form of autonomy and boundaries. And then in our personal life, human to human, it's also, you know, am I available right now? Mm. How much um, time do I have where I won't feel that I'm doing myself a disservice and getting depleted? And what relationships are beneficial? You know, it's, it's like I used to always put others first, you know, you give and you give kind of a thing and then that, then you start to feel the effects of it. So now I'm kind of like, okay, looking at everything in my personal life a little bit different, you know, like, oh, I love everybody so much, but there's only so many hours in the day. So i just do my best and I'll send a little love heart and, you know, through the air if I'm, if I'm physically unavailable because of timing, but that's another boundary to put up. And not only that, like with relationships, there's also boundaries with our habits. So Boundaries with time. Like, are you going to get stuck on social media or watching a movie? You know, like boundaries with food. (laughs) Like, okay, I think I've had enough of uh, the ice cream, (laughs) you know, or whatever. (laughs) Like, okay, one bite and we're good, Um, whatever it might be, you know. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So it's just keeping ourselves accountable and also setting that boundary, that line, that delineation of the energy and being a real sensitive, empathic, energetic person it's very helpful so we can stay clear present and understand what we're dealing with and navigating and working with our frequencies that we want to and not feeling like we're being taken by a ride from the energy mm-hmm. of a spirit or mm-hmm. the moment of the food you know and it get out of control or yeah. or relationships so to to me those are some examples of the boundaries and cats I love are amazing
1: I love that. And something, you know, kind of just quickly came to me while you were talking and you know, like with everything there is just like the universe itself, there's a creative regenerative, regenerative aspect. And there's, then there's the more shadow destructive (laughs) element that is just within everything. Right. And I think within oracles, and maybe the reason why this card came up when talking to the the listeners that are going to be listening to your podcast is because I know they're all open, right? I know know everybody who's listening is so into this work and is so into, you know, communing with the divine and all these things. But I think it's just knowing, like you were saying, the boundaries and also not becoming so dependent on needing them
0: right Mm -hmm. because
1: then you can also get into that whole thing where oh you know i'm definitely not taking this opportunity until i see this this very specific (laughs) thing and you know and just getting so much in your head about it to then all it becomes is your ego's um way of hijacking your spiritual practice right that's what it ends up doing um so i yeah yeah definitely a big topic
0: Absolutely. It reminds me of what you shared a moment ago, and so I'm just going to reiterate that, you know, your intuition, your heart, your soul, however you connect in with spirit is like the number one (laughs) way of it. And so we use oracle cards and other tools, and we can go to others for readings, for insights and aspects and enhancements to that knowing. Um, And it can help us if we feel a little confused, but never give over your, you know, like your free will, your autonomy, your sovereignty. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, working with the public, you know, you get questions that you're kind of like, Whoa, wait a minute. Or, or on social media, you'll see comments and it's like, Oh my gosh, like, that's a very interesting perspective because it's not even part of my reality, but we all have our own experiences and truths. And so I would love to hear how you, um, like how you navigate through or what your response would be for somebody that feels fearful or, you know, they, they (laughs) might not have the most kind things to say about working with spirit or the Oracle cards specifically.
1: Right. So this is definitely a, a deep layered question because I think on one level, it's important that we, I mean, intuitives or anybody who is interested in, in really in this world that we come to a place where that sort of thing doesn't really affect us because mm-hmm. the thing is there's always going to be people who are calling us um, whatever the case may be you <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it I have heard it um, the the man downstairs gets yeah, involved yeah. <laughs> and gets inserted into the combo
0: and you're like but wait almost, I don't even know that person right like, <laughs> like, what, what are you
1: But my personal also interest is around educating people into also why oracles and divination kind of became demonized. So I try and put as much information about that out there as possible. And I've Mm -hmm. noticed, you know, not everyone's going to be open to the education, they'll just shoo it away. And some people will be like, oh, that's interesting. But maybe we could we could talk yeah, about that for a second. I,
0: I'm one of those where, oh, that's interesting. Share. I'm yeah, very fascinated. So, yeah.
1: So when I was talking about earlier the ancient goddess cultures that existed within the Paleolithic and the Neolithic time periods, um, women and women had a primary central role within the spirituality of that time. And part of it was divination practices right part of those spiritual practices included divination oracles and obviously it looked different than the cards that we have now yeah. That have been interpreting <laughs> flashes of lightning or consulting rocks and you know things uh-huh. like that but it's important that we know that women played a primary role in the society of that time and the way that we um kind of the model of society was a partnership society, and this is the work of ryan Eisler. So later on, I'll, I'll give you the name of the books that you could you could. Oh link yeah, to. links so are in the show notes. Yes, in <laughs> the show notes. But basically, um we had a time period where archaeologists and anthropologists kind of have found evidence that it was kind of a equalitarian society. So men and women were seen as as equals Mm -hmm. but women played a primary role when it came to the spirituality and they worshiped a goddess because I mean if you can imagine it's kind of just common sense right as these people were first becoming aware of themselves aware of their relationship to nature and to humans obviously someone must have seen a woman and said oh my gosh she literally can give life so it just made sense, right? And right. We, we see this with the Venus figurines that were also found all throughout prehistoric Europe. So although it can still be debated whether or not it was a goddess, because there will still be people that say it was there were sex objects or things like that, mm-hmm. we do know from all the evidence that's coming out that it's really likely it was the worship of a goddess, right, it was mm-hmm. the worship of a mother goddess who gave life, who sustained life, and all of those things. But <laughs> um, during let's I think it was the fifth millennium before the common era, we start to see a change in these civilizations. So nomadic tribes started growing in numbers and started invading these places and these goddess worshipping societies, and with them they brought these war gods and um the god of war and these became known as the indo-europeans and they started you know putting their beliefs on everyone <laughs> and we can actually see this happen within the bible you know like we read about the villages that were destroyed and burned down we read about the the golden calf that was demonized and i forgot who said it but they were like don't, you know, we can't, we don't worship this bad, bad. But that was actually a symbol of the goddess. Mm-hmm. And so was the snake. And we see how their creation story that they brought with them, brought with them demonized the snake, right? right? And so then you start to see these little shifts in ideologies with these um, Indo-Europeans that brought their war gods, you know, and we, and there was also the Hebrews, which was another set of normotic tribes. And they invaded, I think it was Canaan. It was this really ancient city, Canaan. And they also brought with them the war gods. So so long story short, they wiped the goddess culture out. They wiped a lot of that out. And when they were forcing their ideologies on the new way of being, they also de- demonized divination and they demonized oracles because this became a way or this was their way to access that higher power right and obviously mm-hmm. they didn't believe in that they believed in this one god um who was a who is male and was aggressive and things like that like these people were warlike they were warriors and the civilizations that worship the goddess were not they so we also see a big change in society around that time too Mm -hmm. where we went from a partnership role to more of a dominator role where we went from worshipping the the life-giving element of nature and the creatrix to now worshipping the power of the blade and the power to take life Mm -hmm. and so that is the bottom line of what happened and obviously so much came out of that, you know, I mean, we still see people today that really hold firm to the beliefs that these really natural practices are evil, but it was just, it was just imposed, you know, from these people who had a certain set of beliefs, and obviously that became the more dominant and widely accepted point of view, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's really fascinating. I remember going through the research and going through the books and, like, crying. You know, and like I had so much anger too. Like I actually had a lot of anger come up, and maybe this is because of past life. I don't know why, but um, it was it was a lot to see, you know, and a lot to kind of witness how these ancient practices practices became demonized. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of history there for sure.
0: There is a lot of history and what I'm feeling is like, okay, so there are many of us now that really resonate with working with Oracle cards and our own soul light connecting with God, goddess, you know, our guides in any way that we feel is really natural. And yeah. I think that in this life, many of us are pushing through that barrier that in the past would have held us back, whether it have been safety or knowledge and awareness, ridicule even, you know, whatever it might yeah. have been. And so understanding the history of like, how was it that humanity and society separated away? You know, what were some mm-hmm. of those elements and and aspects and we can see it now and understand and and conceptualize and that also can help heal and shift and help the subconscious that soul vibrational frequency that might have spanned across time and there's an aspect of ourself that really felt it you know Mm -hmm. like you get emotional well there's a reason you're emotional you had a tie to something in the past you know and now's an opportunity to heal, you know, grieve, have that sadness, let the emotion flow through and then take back your power in the way that you become you know, your own flo- your own flow, your own perspectives, your own practice. Hmm. You are able to implement that now in this life. Yeah. You're able to step into that and you become that fullness of what is like your inner wisdom, your beauty, all of the energy that comes through in your own personal practice can really start to breathe now and shine. And it's like this awakening where you feel it ignite within you. You can feel your heart open. You can feel the light and the love come in. And it's, um, it's also emotional. As I mentioned, it can be very emotional to feel the grief, the sorrow, the sadness, the anger, and then to let that go, to recognize it, honor it, you know, and, and then, and then to honor it is an, also an approach that you can take is to then actually go back and use your form of spiritual divination and connection and let yourself know, like, it's okay now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. stepping slowly into it and utilizing the gifts that you really felt that maybe in the past you were pulled away from for safety or whatever it might have been. Um, but if your heart's calling and feeling, and you're really drawn to it in this life, actually going through the process of healing and stepping more into it will help you connect deeper with your inner self, with your soul, which will enhance your intuition and begin to help you to, um, support your life mission, your path, your purpose for being here. It right. all is connected. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love that you said that it's, it's so important. And, um, like you said there, we can face ridicule, you know, um, I, I think these practices and everything's starting to become more mainstream, which is beautiful to see, but there's still, we can, we can still face that. And so yeah. coming to terms, I think with our own, the our own aspects of ourselves that need healing and maybe faced a past life where um, I do believe I was a part of the the goddess, some of the goddess cultures that were wiped out because the emotions that I felt and can still feel sometimes it's like, I was there, like you ended me. You know? Like you took away something that was so sacred to me I and know. right and so I know a lot of people listening might relate to um having that fear of ridic- ridicule because of past lives and things like that right right so it's i really love that you yeah, you talked about that
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely wow i have felt the depth of all emotions in our little visit today thank you so much for yeah. coming on and really visiting and sharing your story and shedding some insights and wisdom um, for those that want to work with you, where can they find you?
1: Oh yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at I am Elijah Garcia. You can find me at, on Facebook at Elijah Garcia coaching, and you can head to my website, Elijah Garcia And that's when you can find more about me my services. And, you know, if you have any questions, you could always DM me or something like that. But, Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. And. Um, If you had one message from your heart to share with our listeners before we close today, what would that be?
1: Know thyself. Mm -hmm. Like the ancient Oracle of Delphi says, know thyself. I think that's so important as we, as we move forward in this new world and with all the, um, with all the uncertainty we've had in the past few years I think we've had an opportunity to know ourselves on a deeper level Mm -hmm. and in order to get to the next stage we all have to be really in tune with who we are on that deep soul authentic level and yeah
0: yeah wow that's so beautiful I can feel the power of your words just like really resonate and light up my chakras and I can feel the depth of it Thank you so much, Elijah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: And thank you for being here with us today on our episode on oracles. If you enjoyed our episode and would like to share it with a friend or family member, I really appreciate it. And also, please give a like or five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. This helps others find the information for their own healing, inner development, and growth. And I'll see you again on the next episode. Hi, this is Amy. I hope you've enjoyed the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. And I'm so happy to share with you that I'm offering a special for one-on-one sessions for the holidays. So this is going to be a limited time. And if you would like to sign up for a personal session with me for an energy therapy experience or an angels and aura reading, you can head over to amysikarski.com and find all the details there. I look forward to working with you and I'll see you all again on the next episode.